You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I'm joined today with Laura Rob. And our topic of discussion will be walkthroughs. Walkthroughs occur in many schools all across the country, from elementary through high school. And today we want to chat a little bit about what can make an effective walkthrough observation and also some pitfalls that can derail a really good idea. Laura, how are you? I'm doing great, and I am very excited about this topic because when I go around the country, I hear lots of different points of view. I hear some teachers saying, well, you know, my principal's using walkthroughs to evaluate me and judge instruction. And then in another state, someone will say, well, I love walkthroughs because my principal is really building a trusting relationship uh, between us. Could you clarify these points of view? Yeah, I can. I, walkthroughs can't be both. Um, they're either going to be a gotcha game or they're going to be a trust-building activity. And I will always lean on the side that they will be a trust-building activity. For that to happen, it is not effective, in my opinion, for walkthroughs to be tied to a teacher's evaluation. Rather, they are about giving feedback. They're about coaching and giving feedback on particular things that the building is working on as focus areas. So that's my next question. When you mention focus areas, how do you develop these? Uh, Are they developed with individual teachers or are you developing them uh, as a faculty each year and then kind of fine tuning them uh, depending on the needs of a teacher or a teacher's request? I I think it's all of the above. Um, The one thing I would want to say up front again, and I'll I'll repeat it maybe even a couple more times as we move through this, that walkthrough evaluations without teachers having any idea of what an administrator is looking for when they come into their classroom, are not good. They are um, trust breakers, they build walls between administrators and teachers, and it is not an effective way to do this. Now, to your question of what would you focus on and how would you go about it, I think there's a couple ways that that can happen. I think it can be based off of data and looking at information from the prior year or other summative assessments that give particular information on things that a school could focus on. They could be based off of collaborative conversations with teachers for a particular department or whole school conversations about things that the staff wants to work on, but they also could be forward-focused. Part of the job of an administrator is to bring information and bring ideas to the table that people may not be that aware of, and that could be an opportunity for everyone to learn new things and to try new things try it in their classroom, and then for an administrator to be able to provide feedback on how it is working within a classroom. You know, uh, I love what I'm hearing because with that outlook uh, and that mindset for walkthroughs, I see self-efficacy developing. I see teachers developing their theory of learning and their educational background knowledge. So I was wondering, Evan, do you have any things or tips that administrators should avoid um, if they're just starting out with walkthroughs or if they're doing walkthroughs and they don't feel they're working. What are some possible ways walkthroughs go wrong? They go wrong when people make sweeping judgments about someone's instructional abilities in an extremely short period of time. 
everyone has good days and some people have better days th than other days. And if administrators get into a mindset of making sweeping judgments about a teacher based off of being in the room for 10 minutes, that can, is potentially problematic and certainly will hurt trust. And trust is a foundational element for having the kind of relationships that allow walkthroughs to be successful within a building. The, I, I guess the other thing that I would add is that it is very important for administrators to communicate their philosophy behind it. And what I'm, what I'm saying is that it needs to be built off of collaboration for what uh, administrators will be looking for, what they'll be provide, providing feedback on. And it needs to be very clear that this is a coaching model and that it's not a gotcha game. Because if those things are not said up front, it is very plausible that people will quickly make some presumptions that, that may not even be correct. So my next question has a lot to do with feedback, which you already have mentioned. Tell me how soon you think feedback should occur in order for it to be effective. Uh, how does the principal find time? Is there a written document that goes with the feedback? Does the teacher have an opportunity to engage in a conversation and clarify something maybe the administrator saw but wasn't there long enough to really see the outcome and the change occur? Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good question, and it's big, so I'm going to hit on a couple of those points. A form can be useful, um, particularly if the form is created around certain objectives that the school has decided to look for. So let's say that a school is working on exit passes and how the class will be wrapped up and how the teacher will capture what students have learned to give them some information for how they will be teaching their next class when, when they're together with kids. Absolutely, a form could be created to give some very quick feedback on how that was structured at the end of the class, and that would be an effective way to do it. Now, in a perfect world, a brief conversation the day of the walkthrough would be ideal. Sometimes that's just simply not possible because of all the things that happen in a building, but that would be ideal. The next level would be a quick email pointing out a couple things that were particularly good within the classroom and also pointing out some questions. You know, I'm never a fan in email of sending someone a, uh, a statement that's, that's not uplifting. I think that you can approach things to get people thinking by asking questions versus making declarative statements of you did not do this or you did not do that. I love that you ask questions because when I work with students, be it on reading or writing, in, instead of pointing out something that's not working, I will ask a question um, and encourage them to be self-monitoring and ask questions themselves. So in a essence, what you're doing with the walkthrough and the follow-up is that you're almost giving the teacher a model for that, that she can then transfer uh, into the classroom with students. Yeah, the, absolutely. And, and to take it to another level, part of what makes schools effective is the, the leader, the principal, needs to develop the instructional leadership of everyone within the building. And I certainly would never want to be the one person who makes all these judgments about everything and is the only person providing feedback. So I've also explored models where teacher leaders or department chairs are also doing walkthroughs within their department. And they can certainly focus on the same things that I might be focusing on because we would have come to them collaboratively and had a, a group understanding of what we are working on as 
as I'm doing walkthroughs, as department chairs are doing walkthroughs, and what are the targets that we're focusing on when we're doing walkthroughs? Well, that to me is a very exciting and doable strategy um, and a way of building a trusting community of administrators and teachers where the teachers see the walkthrough as a way for you to build their capacity and to value what they do well. Thank you. You know, the other thing, Laura, that I would share is for trust to happen within a building, people have to have relationships and connections with the people that are in and out of their classrooms. In schools where people are coming into a teacher's classroom and the teachers have no idea who they are, that is typically not effective. It typically gets people questioning and wondering and sometimes making, again, inappropriate judgments about why that person is in the room. And if that was compounded with you know, so as an example, not knowing who's going to the person who's in your room and then not knowing what they're looking for, that could make it even more challenging for building positive relationships and the connections and, that need to occur for people to grow and become better in their craft. You know, you you point out something that is so true for human nature, no matter what profession you're in. That is, if someone comes in unexpectedly, you always think they're looking for something or they've spotted something that you did wrong, especially if they're writing. Uh, and it becomes a very negative experience. So, you know, being upfront about it, the way you uh, have described uh, involving the teachers in setting the focus areas, having those conversations, writing those emails that are positive, it takes a strategy that could be deadly and makes it very uplifting and positive. It certainly can. And, you know, a few minutes ago you were saying, uh, you know, how do you react to a teacher who says, oh, you know, you, you, if you were in my room 10 minutes earlier, you would have seen X, Y, and Z happen, and then you missed it. But with the example that I give, let's go back to the exit strategy example. If our focus area for a school is working on different and creative ways to wrap classrooms up, different exit strategies, then obviously I'm not coming in the class in the beginning of the class. My walkthrough observations would be occurring at the end of class so I can observe what we are working on, in that case, exit strategies. And again, all of that has to do with, um, you know, that's good communication, that's building relationships and removing the, the veil of, of secrecy from why you're coming into a classroom and opening up, I believe, um, an opportunity for people to grow and have collaborative conversations. Um, absolutely, Evan. And you know, it requires a level of respect. I remember I was going in once to observe a teacher who I was coaching, and the teacher came to the door and said, I have the worst migraine. Could we reschedule this? And I said, of course. Um, so it's having that empathy, that compassion, that sensitivity to how a teacher feels, both physically and emotionally, and knowing you can find another moment. Absolutely. It's that. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, it is really working with staff to constantly improve craft, to look at data, to have conversations, to be forward thinking, to come up with the things that the staff wants to work on and then provide a mechanism built on trust and relationships for observation, in this case, walkthrough to occur and good collaborative conversations to occur afterwards. Well, I, I have enjoyed this tremendously. I have learned a lot about walkthroughs, and I see how uh, they relate to other areas of instruction. Thank you so much, Evan. Thank, thank you, Laura. I also have a blog on walkthrough observations in the Rob Review blog. I encourage people to check that out for some additional information on walkthrough observations.
Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see you next time.